Welcome to the Mapped Out Money podcast, where we help you understand finance and manage your money so you can get on with living your adventure. You're listening to episode number 55. And today's episode is brought to you by the Mapped Out Money book club. Our next book club meeting is going to be in uh, late September on Tuesday the 28th, and we're currently reading uh, the book called Debt, The First 5,000 Years. It's kind of an interesting book on the history of money and how we got uh, to using the money that you're using today. If you'd like to join this, it's totally free. Um, We'd love to have you. Just go to mappedoutmoney.com forward slash book club to sign up and get the notifications for the meeting links. This is another episode that was inspired by 5AM Joel. We've talked about him a couple of times on here. Um, He sends out really good emails every morning, um, and they're they're normally – I don't know, something related to like positive mindset or... He's also in the personal finance space. Like he writes a lot for personal finance uh, sites and he does some work with The Motley Fool. So he's sort of tangentially related to what we talk about here. Mm -hmm. One of the most impressive things to me about what he does is A, he wakes up every morning and gets an email out at 5 a.m. But B they're good <laughs> like they they uh he's not just mailing it in like yeah. oh, i gotta do their 5 a.m it's like no it's like really good he makes you think yeah he does a great job so this one is an email that he sent out and you can find it on his blog too we'll link to it in our show notes um the two travelers a story about optimism and perspective and we we kind of wanted to share it here because it um it relates in a lot of ways to the way we use our money. And be, because of when we don't have the money to go do something or buy something or uh, do what we want to, it can really affect our emotions and our mood. And what I loved about this story is the fact that um, so much of how we feel day to day, both about trips we take, like in the story, but also just about our day to day life, so much of that just comes down to you just making a decision. To, well, to look at things a certain way. Yeah, it's about it comes your down to your perspective. Yep. I love how you just said that. We a lot of times joke that like Nick can find the way with the most words to say something. I'm bad about that. So you, what did you just say? You said it comes down to... Making a choice. About how you look know. at things. I don't, I don't know. know. Anyway, I can't even do perspective. it again. It just made me laugh. I'm hopeful that one day in like 30 years, I will be able to be concise with my thoughts. Hey, You just stay you. Today is not that day. Don't ever change. (laughs) Okay, so to get into this, I really would love to just read this story. Uh, It's pretty short, and I think it kind of carries a powerful lesson. All right, here we go. The Two Travelers. There was once a traveler who was walking from a village in the mountains to a village in the valley. As he walked along, he saw a monk working in a field and asked, I'm on my way to the village in the valley. Can you tell me what it's like? The monk looked up and asked the man where he had come from. The man responded, I have come from the village in the mountains. What was that like there? The monk asked. Terrible, the man exclaimed. No one spoke my language. I had to sleep on a dirt floor in one of their houses. They fed me some sort of stew that had yak in it, and the weather was atrocious. Then I think that you'll find the village in the valley is much the same, the monk noted. A few hours later, another traveler passed by, and he said to the monk, I'm on my way to the village in the valley. Can you tell me what it's like? Where have you come from? inquired the monk. I have come from the village in the mountains. And what was that like? It was 
awesome, the man replied. No one spoke my language, so we had to communicate using our hands and facial expressions. I had to sleep on the dirt floor, which was really cool, as I've never done that before. They fed me some sort of weird stew, and I have no idea what was in it, but just to experience how the locals lived was great, and the weather was freezing cold, which meant that I really got a taste of the local conditions. It was one of the best experiences of my life. Then I think you'll find that the village in the valley is much the same, responded the monk. So here's Joel's little blurb afterwards. He says, what an awesome fable. It's so true. It doesn't matter what environment you're in, your perspective and optimism shapes your reality. Keep this in mind today as you travel to your next village. I think as you read that, hopefully, you know, people are already coming up with times they can think back to in their own life, right? Where you've had the exact same experience at the exact same time as someone else and two totally different reactions to the situation as far as uh, one being very positive and looking at all the great stuff that happened because of it and one being very negative. Well, and the other thing is I, since reading that, I kind of call myself out probably at least every other day. And I mean, I could call myself out every day, but I probably, I just don't have the self-awareness to pick up on every incident of where I'm doing it. Um, But I think it's easy to have blind spots about where we just need to shift our perspective and remember to have gratitude for whatever it is that we are experiencing or doing or, you know, whatever. And that sounds cliche or whatever, but it is really easy to look at other people and kind of think like, oh, well, that's not that big of a deal. They should just shift their perspective or, or whatever. But actually having that awareness in your own life can be easier said than done. It's hard to turn that around and kind of look, look at yourself in those situations for sure. Yeah, so when we read that, it immediately took us back to our RV days because I think that's one of the biggest things about RVing is that you've talked about this before. If you don't learn to kind of go with the flow and shift your perspective on quote unquote bad things that happen, like you will not have fun. Yeah. You will not have a good time. You will quit or you will be humbled. Yeah. Like <laughs> so, because while RVing is super fun and we loved it there was always something going wrong. And some of that was our own stupidity, right? Just not planning well or not thinking something through. But a lot of it is totally out of your control and just sort of part of it. Yeah. So let's dive into a couple of those stories for us, uh, just for fun. The the one that sticks out the most in my mind, and this this is my fault, right? So I take full ownership of this. What what had happened was <laughs> um, the precursor to this is what I remember about this night is that as it really started not going how we planned, I remember you looking over to me and you said, you're like, I'm going to be honest right now. I'm just glad that I'm the one who did this because if you had done it, I think I would be really mad. Do you remember saying I that? I do. I do remember saying that. And it, it is. I'm glad I was the one who did it because I don't think I would have had very much grace at the, you know, again, this is, I, think I you learned have a more lot. grace for me now because you did this. Probably, though. probably. So here's what happened. One, one thing you should know about RVing is you want to sort of put roles on yourself for how many hours you will drive in a single day. And even though you may feel really good, you should just know like, man, it's about our limit. And we're just going to stop whenever we hit that time. We hadn't done this very well at this point. I don't think right? we hadn't learned that lesson. So well, it, it's just so easy to look at it and go like, but oh, we could get there we just, a day earlier. We yeah, could have an extra day. Let's just push or, it, you know? Yeah. So we were probably going on a 12 or 13 hour day, um, maybe even pushing 14. It was late. 
And we were in the middle of literally nowhere, Texas. I need to go figure out the town. Well, we, we had planned to stop earlier, but any. you had said those words. I actually feel pretty good. I feel pretty Let's good. Let's keep going. Let's keep cruising. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a pilot, you know, the, in a Walmart that we can stop off at in this kind of slightly bigger town. I think we can make it. It's only a couple hours away. Yeah, because so, this was one of our like quick intermediate stops right. where we just it's pull into a truck stop, get up early the next morning, roll out to our actual camp. We're headed. And if you've ever been in like West Texas, there's nothing there. So we're coming from like New Mexico, Arizona into Dallas. We're headed to Dallas and we're in the middle of nowhere, West Texas. And it's July. So it's hot. But and the other thing that makes this really painful is that we had just come from Colorado, which was very pleasant. Yeah, we, we dropped down from Colorado and yeah. then came over that way. And so we go from, you know, like this wonderfully pleasant weather the day before to like burning up Hot. heat. So here we are. It is close to midnight. And what's so crazy about this story is that I, I, it's like I predicted it. So, you know, we're in an old truck. What you should know about old trucks is that old trucks gas gauges aren't super accurate when they get low. So I run everything by mileage. So I know like, oh, I've reset the odometer. I have a pretty good feel of like how long a single tank of gas can get us. So I look at Google Maps. We are literally passing a gas station and we're like 30 or 45 minutes from our actual stop, right? The overnight stop at a truck stop with a Walmart, you know, 20 miles away, something like that. I I'm look passed down out at in the it. passenger seat. Yeah. I have no idea that you're thinking through. Any I look. Of this. I look down at Google Maps. I'm like, oh, 20 miles. I look at my gas gauge. the The e light is on, but I'm like, we probably have a couple gallons left. We're doing 10 miles with a gallon. I think we can make it. And at our stop before this, I, I want to because it makes me sound really bad that you're like up and awake and driving and do all this stuff by, by yourself. And I'm just like passed out. But I had told you, I was like, listen, I have like reached my limit. So like, if you want to keep going, it's on you, dog. Like, yeah. I was like, I need to stop. Like yeah. I am falling asleep. And, and you were like, nah, I feel great. Let's keep, Let's going. keep going. So you were on your own. Here. So, you know, as you can anticipate by this point in the story, we run out of gas uh, only a few miles yeah. from that pilot. But what happens we were is so close. you tap me on the shoulder and I like wake up and you're like, hey, um, just so you know, we're running out of gas right now. Yeah. I was like, what, what do you mean? Because at this point, the it. truck is still moving forward. I was like, shut up. No, we're not. I'm like, no, we're we're out. Like, it's it, we're, we're rolling done. right now. Like, uh, but I'm, I'm, about I'm pulling to pull us over. over to the side right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we're on a highway. Luckily, it's a two lane highway. It wasn't an interstate. Two lane highway. So it's like, it's fine. I turn my hazard lights on. We well, pull over. Well, it was like after midnight. But so it's, yeah, it's there's after nobody midnight. on the road. So we're completely out of gas and we're a couple of miles right from a gas station so it's like it's walkable but not not great well and like the highway that we were on pitch black it is nothing around there's nothing around there was there was nothing it's kind of sketchy to walk out on then we call well because our first our first reaction is okay no big deal let's all be calm here we pay for good sam which is like the rv equivalent of triple a yep it's no big deal this is what good sam is for we call them, and it's over an hour of getting like switched to different people, trying to get the right person. And long story and the short, end result the is, end result is they literally say, "Sorry, we can't help you. We don't have anybody near your location. There's nothing we can do." I call like the local sheriff's office. They send the deputy out. He picks me up. We drive to the pilot. I buy a gas tank and uh, get a couple gallons of gas. Uh, and then he drives me back to the truck. I fill up the tank. He kind of sits there, you know, making sure everything's going to be okay. Finally get the truck started and I'm, you know, able to make it to the pilot. You know, we go to the Walmart. It's two or three in the morning at this point. 
and uh, you know the cats had peed on themselves from sitting for that long. So we yeah, the other them. complicating thing here is that yeah. like we have all four pets in the car, yep. and so Nick leaves with this police officer to go get stuff, which leaves me like in the car in the like muggy heat. Yep. Thankfully, it was at night though. Is it night? Because so if it, it had been in the day, it would have been unbearable. So like, there's the story, and if you just look at it surface level. That all seems pretty negative. And the other thing that we forgot to mention that kind of kept happening yeah, the, after the that second night order consequences. was all of these issues with the truck yeah. that came up pretty much because we had let the, the diesel engine you yeah. know, run out of gas and then it had sucked up all this garbage into it. And so then it was like this big old saga of getting the truck fixed. Yeah. This, this one night caused probably a few thousand dollars of truck fixes over the next six to nine months yeah as we were dealing with new sending units and fuel tanks and sensors and yeah all the things but what has surprised me and nick and something that we try we try to actively do this in situations now is that that's one of the stories that we reminisce about the most from our traveling and i remember even just a couple of days after that we were like you know that really wasn't that big it of a wasn't deal. That bad. And if when those things are happening, if we can just remember, like, it's fine. This too shall pass. Like, what do we need to do to like move the situation forward and not be like overly dramatic and negative about it? How can we shift our perspective about this? Because there were actually a lot of positives that came out of that story. Totally. One of them, like, yeah, okay, we paid for good Sam. There were no help. But you ended up getting help from like a super nice cop and yeah. the police officers were, I mean, they were amazing. Like they, yeah, were, they were so, so nice. nice when yep. you called them to get help. Yep. And obviously we got like this story that we will always remember and that we can reflect back on and laugh about. We also learned about the truck. We did. And through all of those kind of extra repairs, we ended up getting the truck running better than it has ever yeah, run. That one night with the running out of fuel was sort of the straw that broke the camel's back on some some, some things that issues. were probably going to need to get fixed. And so it ended up being this thing where... It's kind of the catalyst to get the is, truck really it going is. And good. The truck now for the last year has been... I know, knock on wood. <laughs> I know, knock on wood. It's been great. It uh, runs better it, than it did It runs when we better it. than when we bought it. So, you know, ultimately... Um, it's worked out and it was, it was good timing. And again, like, I don't know what fun is life if you can't, can't laugh and like tell stories and, and just kind of poke fun at yourself. And like, well, there's a lot to that to me. You're always really good too at coming at things from like, okay, well, is it, is it even practical to feel this way? Or is it practical to think about things this way or whatever? And so I think you can, when you boil this down and you talk about perspective, even just like kind of pulling yourself out of the situation and going like, okay, is it practical for me to act like this is the end of the world? And this is like the worst thing that's ever happened. And, you know, it's just terrible and to mope around and whatever. And, you know, we're humans and we all need to have our moments where we feel that way sometimes. But In moments like these, I think like what we try to do now is like, okay, we'll feel that bit of frustration. We'll feel like, man, this sucks. I am tired. It is hot. Like, what is this? And then after we feel that for a few minutes, we try to go. But at the end of the day, this is not that big of a deal. And we can figure this out. So let's just let's just turn away from those negative feelings, shift our perspective on this a little bit and do what we need to do to move the situation forward. Yes. Yes. And, you know, to the perspective of the second traveler, 
what's the fun, cool thing that we can take away? Uh, I think if, if we have that perspective towards all these things that seemingly go wrong, um, you end up being kind of creative and surprised at just how many cool and positive things there are that come out of situations yeah, like that. because if everything always went according to how we planned it to go and how we thought we wanted it to go and everything, it would just all be a blur. Like, you yeah. wouldn't remember any of it. Nope. You know what I mean? Not at all. Nothing would be, there would be no character yeah. in it, to use a to, you know, <laughs> HGTV term. There you go. There you go. But there's, I mean, we could bore you all day long with tons of like stories from, from RV life. You know, I, I think of, um, we were down uh, at the beach, we were ready to go. We got all hooked up and, you know, hooking up is like an hour long situation to get everybody situated, tie everything together, hook the trailer up to the truck. We were pulling out. I do my one last walk around and notice that our rear truck tire is completely flat. I don't know when that happened, but it did, and so now we have to totally unhook the truck, change the tire, uh, rehook everything back up, and then go. You know, took like another 45 minutes or an hour probably to do all that. But we talked about, as we were pulling out and after doing that, we talked about how like, man, that kind of thing, this was probably, this was towards the end of our RV travels, that kind of thing would have really thrown me for a loop if that, you know, the first couple of weeks in our RV life. Yeah. Um, it, I would have let that totally ruin my day put me in a bad mood. Oh, we got off late, you know? And now it's like, we can laugh at that and find the positive in it and, uh, and, and recognize like there's something fun and there's something positive that we can pull out of this. Yeah. Uh, it, it's we can not choose to look negative. at this we can from choose. a different perspective. Absolutely. And it doesn't look that bad from that perspective. Totally. So another area in life that we've noticed where this could be a particularly helpful thing to do to like try to shift your perspective is, um, in the realm of kids, which we don't have kids, but we have nephews who just came and stayed at our house for a little while. And there was lots of things that I could pick up that were negative, right? Mm -hmm. Especially, I mean, um, I imagine this is the case for new parents or, you know, certainly anybody who's not used to living with kids. Like there's a lot like, oh no, things get sticky, things get spilt, all this, you know, whatever. Um, oh, you take them to this fun thing, go to the park, but then they complain about having to walk and their legs are tired and your couch is a trampoline, your couch is a trampoline, you know, there's all these things that we could focus on that would be really negative that we're kind of like, oh my gosh, at the same time, there's all these little moments of them just being like the sweetest, kindest, most fun little human beings you've ever seen. And and like, even when they're not being that, you just love them. You just dearly. love them anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and it's almost laughable when they're doing goofy stuff. Yeah. So, you know, it that all week long, we were just kind of laughing at, at these things that, again, were seemingly somewhat negative, but also like we could we could choose to look at the positive and choose to, to change our perspective uh, and really take in all of the positive aspects. Well, it's very easy them. in the moment with to me with kids stuff and maybe this is just because like I'm not around kids every day but um it's easy to get like real frazzled feeling and just like like you're just running a million miles an hour mm -hmm. in like every different direction and like they constantly need to be fed and they constantly need this and constantly need that and like you get to the end of the day and you're like what just happened I don't even know what <laughs> happened I just know that everything is sticky yep and and like, somehow you're tired but they're not tired yeah and yeah yeah you're, it's just crazy and all the parents out there are like yeah yeah duh duh but I can imagine this perspective would be helpful as well and I can imagine that it could be very hard yeah. to in the moment get yourself out of that and go like 
is there a different perspective for me to look at this? Yes. You know? Yes. Like, we have the benefit of, like, oh, they're here for however many days. And then afterwards, we can, like, reflect back on and, yes. you know, whatever. They're gone. But, you know, a parent has, like, 18 years. So then, you know, maybe you don't reflect back and think about a different <laughs> perspective until they're out of the house and at college. So, yes, obviously, there's, you know, lots of places that this story can be applied, which is sort of the point, right, of Joel's email. So, related to that are two posts that I just saw on Instagram that kind of tie a little bit of a bow on the whole perspective thing to me. So one of these is from Andy J. Pizza, and he has this whole series of like invisible things, and it's different little characters that he creates. You can find them on Instagram. I'll We'll link in the show notes. But one of the posts that he did for that is kindred things and it's the invisible relationship between gratitude and nostalgia and i'm just going to read his caption from that he says nostalgia gets a pretty bad rap and it's true you can get consumed by that kind of thing but maybe nostalgia is a great teacher if only we know how to make ourselves a student of it question what's something from today that you will be nostalgic for in the future so that's that whole shift of perspective thing to me. Yeah. And his example, he says, I'll go first. I'll be so nostalgic about days like today when my five-year-old kid is counting down the days until her sixth birthday. Yeah. Um, and so I, I can get bogged down in the moment with whatever things with the house or whatever, um, stuff with family. But when you shift your perspective and realize like, man, I'm going to be so nostalgic for these things down the road. Yep. So like from a money perspective, I've heard of, um, you know, married couples being nostalgic for like their first couple of years of marriage mm -hmm. in the moment you're like super poor and it's very hard and all this stuff. Like I remember my mom talking about that. Like your dad and I didn't have a bed frame for the first like 10 or 12 months of our marriage. We slept on a mattress on the floor because we, we couldn't afford to buy a bed frame and box springs. Um, but like when she tells you that you can, you can, it's not a negative. No, yeah. it's like, uh, there's something romantic about that, that she's like, God, that was fun. Yeah. You know, that was a cool period. Well, and I think about with the house, like I can get in such a hurry to like make things look the way I want them to look and have things feel put together and whatever. But when I actually slow down to think about it, I'm like, man, this is like such a fun, exciting time. And it's kind of yep. like all these possibilities of like where we want our house to go. Yep. So I know that in the future, I'm going to be like, man, you remember when we were working on that house and mm -hmm. like we were making the decision of how we wanted to do this or that. Um, so it does just help you keep a positive perspective in the present moment. So then um, the next thing I wanted to share is another thing from Instagram. Um, and it is Catherine Wolf of Hope Heals. And her and Jay are like awesome. If you haven't looked them up, I definitely would. And we've talked about him before. But to give to give quick context, she she ended up having a stroke shortly after she had her first child. Yeah. And um, so she still has a lot of health issues that yep. she deals with due to that stroke. She's in a wheelchair most of the time. So this picture of her is on the beach in like this big old beach wheelchair. And she has the caption. Is this a picture of being wheelchair bound or wheelchair free? Sometimes what looks like constraint can be the avenue to our flourishing. Without the wheelchair, getting onto the beach would be nearly impossible for me. It is the vehicle to a world my body can't easily take me to anymore. And for that, I'm forever grateful. 
So I just thought like, man, talk about a shift of perspectives. It would be really easy for her to be like, man, used to, I would have been able to walk out on the beach and I wouldn't have Mm -hmm. needed a wheelchair and I wouldn't have needed this and that, and you wouldn't have had to help me do this. And she could have a 100% negative perspective about her situation if she wanted to. And everyone would be like, yeah, I get that. Yeah. Yep. But is that practical? Is that going to help her? Is that going to make her life any better? Is it going to make her life any more enjoyable? Like, no, it would, it would make her life miserable if she chose to look at things that way. So it's like amazing to see her ability to step outside of the situation and like gain a really positive perspective, hopeful perspective on it. Absolutely. And, you know, this shows up in so many, many areas of our life. Um, And hopefully, you know, probably listening, you've, you've thought of more that we haven't even, you know, shared or come up with. Before we go, I want to give just a couple of sort of action steps that we have, that Hannah and I have talked about as far as, you know, how can we make this episode, give you something, ta- you know, tangible to walk away with. The first thing that we wanted to share was, you know, keeping a gratitude list. This is something we've we've shared so many times before, but it, it really is helpful Um, If you have any kind of journaling routine or regular habit um, or are interested in some of that, I would say start with a very, very simple gratitude list. Just get in the habit of once a day, once a week, even if it's just once a month, writing down a list of 10 to 15 things, or if you're doing it daily, maybe just one thing that you're grateful for. These can be really big things or really small things. If you are regularly pausing to write down what are the good things in your life that you have to be grateful for. It will help you in the moments of feeling down and feeling upset about a situation. Uh, Maybe if it's money-related, right? You're feeling stressed about the money or the bills or not able to buy something you want. When those moments arise, if you're doing a gratitude list regularly, you're just going to be so much more likely to remember those things, and that will help you in those moments to shift your perspective to focus on um, what you can be grateful for and, and the positives of your situation. I think Nick was looking at me a little too directly when he was saying that about. I wasn't saying that. Wanting to be able that. to buy stuff. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. I have a long list of house things, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> let's buy this and this and this. The the second thing is it sort of flows from the first, which is trying to consistently practice uh, self awareness in the moment. Um, Jocko Willink would call this a detachment from a situation, right? And the idea is to try and get better about noticing when verbally or in your own mind, you're starting to complain about a situation, about your money, about something you can or can't do or whatever it is, to catch yourself, to pause, to recognize how much you have to be grateful for or to recognize the positives and to consciously shift that perspective. And then that will in turn change your reality. It's amazing how your reality absolutely will flow from your perspective. So trying to consistently build the habit of having that self-awareness in the moment. Um, You're never going to be perfect at this, but uh, if we can go from doing it never to doing it sometimes, that's already a, a huge step in the right direction to totally shifting your reality towards things. We like positive perspectives. And you know what else we like? What do we like? Stuff we like. What you liking this week, Nick? I'll be honest. The, the thing I want to share today is probably a little bit heavy, but it, it ties in well with 
what we've talked about. And it's also timely for what's going on in our world as we record this. So um, what I'm liking right now is this podcast called Jocko Unraveling. We've talked about Jocko before. He runs a podcast. He's a retired Navy SEAL. He teaches about leadership. Well, he has a another podcast that is newer called Jocko Unraveling. And he does it with this guy named Daryl Cooper, who's also um, retired military. And they go through in detail the war in Iraq, and they and they bring it up to today. I will not lie, this podcast is heavy. It is probably not kid-friendly. But if you, like me, are confused as to all the different ins and outs of the Iraq war and want something more than just the talking heads on Fox and CNN telling you sort of the 30-second the soundbite, and you want something that really goes into the details and all the nuance and will help give you some perspective. Because that's the thing. These, these decisions are not simple, and they are not black and white, and there's so much nuance into how we got to where we're at in terms of the war in the Middle East. So I found this podcast incredibly helpful to give me perspective, to give me some historical context on that war from people who are very deeply involved. And what's great is that Jocko and Daryl actually disagree on a handful of things when it comes to the way things were handled and the way the way the war has gone, which is also nice because you don't feel like you're just getting a one-sided sort of explanation. So it's something I'm really enjoying learning a ton from, and it's continually helping me be ever more grateful for all the amazing blessings that for some reason Hannah and I have been blessed with in our life. Again, just giving me a, a perspective that I find very helpful. You want to tie a quick bow on things for us and wrap it up? The big big idea here is your perspective, positive or negative, creates your reality, uh, as evidenced by the two travelers and the monk who was just saying, I love that line. I think you'll find the village in the valley is much the same. It's mm-hmm. so good. Today, we would just encourage you to try and remember to build some habits around regularly being able to remember the good things in your life and having some gratitude so that when things aren't maybe the best, you can shift your perspective to focus on the good things inside of them. As always, thank you so much for listening. We really, really appreciate it. And we will see you next week. (laughs) 